Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Courageously Authentic. My name is Alana Kapeski. Today, I have the absolute privilege and pleasure to introduce my friend, Aaron Windrum. Aaron is a certified holistic nutritionist located in New Westminster, British Columbia. Aaron's passion for health and wellness was born many years ago on her journey of overcoming her own health and body image obstacles. A creative at heart, Erin started her career as a graphic designer, yet had a gut instinct along the way that nutrition and health was another life path that needed to be taken. Through her blooming nutrition business, Erin provides individualized nutrition consultations and custom meal plans for a variety of needs, such as stress management and menstrual cycle support. Erin's approach to nutrition is gentle, sustainable, and accessible, with a holistic view of the lifestyle and goals of her clients in mind. Erin values transparency and vulnerability, which is apparent in the conversation we have today, sharing her own health journey as a way to connect more deeply with her audience. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi. Hello, beautiful. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. How are you doing? Good. 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 I, um, you know what, to be honest, actually, it is a full moon today. I realized after I booked my like time with you, I'm like, yeah, the energy's actually been pretty intense today. I don't know if you've been feeling that at all. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. Maybe that explains some things. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wasn't going to meditate this morning and I really didn't meditate. I just grounded and I wasn't going to, but I'm like something in me is like, no, you need to do this. So I'm glad I did. <laughs> I, so I felt the same way, but then I didn't do it. So I'm glad one of us did. <laughs> Good, good. But um, yeah, so basically, like, how are you feeling? Are you like, okay, are you anxious? Are you excited? I'm anxious, but I feel like it's a good anxious. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Okay, so what we'll do is I actually just wanted to hop into to the conversation with a little reflection piece today, because this is just what came to me. So I was like, in my process, whenever I set an interview up or someone that I'm interested in interviewing, I'm like, I always set the intention, like, what is my intention in this conversation? Why do I want to connect with this person? What am I looking to get out of it for myself, for the people that are listening? And what really came to me is just like filling up all of our own cups. You know, it's really an all-encompassing, very holistic approach. It's spiritual, it's mental, it's emotional, it's physical. And speaking to you being a holistic nutritionist, like that's one of the ways, but they all feed off of each other. And I feel like in my own experience, Erin, as I've gone through transitions and change and growth and realizations, I'm coming and I've invested time in myself working with people like yourself. I am... I realized that as I do this, my capacity to serve and to see beyond my immediate needs, um, whether it's fear coming from a fear-based place or um, just like a scarcity mindset. Um, So I find like that's what kind of came to me. And I realized like that's one of the reasons I reached out to you. This is part of the process of self-love, self-care so that we can see beyond our physical needs and grow and expand and do more and serve more. But we have to take care of ourselves first and foremost in order to do that. So I'm just putting it out there. That kind of sets the tone, but welcome and thank you for joining me. Um, So you're obviously a holistic nutritionist and the founder of Well and Free. So why don't you tell us a bit about you, Erin, kind of your upbringing, your background, and what's brought you to this place today? 
Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. And, and I really liked that intention that you said. I totally agree. You have to uh, fill your cup first. Um, I love that. Um, so yeah, I'm a certified holistic, holistic nutritionist. Um, I actually started out as a graphic designer. That's the field that I went into after high school. Um, it was a bit of a natural path for me. Uh, my mom is a graphic designer and visual artist as well. So I was lucky enough to inherit that creative streak from her. So um, that's where I started out. And then just along the way, my passion for health and wellness kind of developed. And that really came from my own um struggles with my own health and body image issues that I was working through from a young age. Um, I was never like a skinny kid. Um, and I think that was in large part genetics, but obviously when we're really young, society tells us like we should strive to be that way. So I was always kind of confused and frustrated. Like, why is my body different? Um, and didn't really learn to appreciate it the way that it was. So my journey with health and wellness specifically started out um, not in the best way because I was really looking to it to kind of fix myself and and to kind of change my body and everything. Um, so, but in the way in the end, it worked out because it led me to this path where now I have a much healthier relationship with that, and I'm able to help other people with that as well. Um, so yeah, during, I would say high school, I really started to dive into health and wellness and I read all kinds of books and, um, and started to become kind of obsessive over it. And I started counting calories and, um, trying different things. I was a pescatarian for five years. So I ate, what is that? I ate fish, but no other meat. Okay. Um, yeah. And I did eat um, like dairy and eggs, mm -hmm. but I didn't eat meat. I thought meat was like the devil. <laughs> I was like, really, I was really, um, I took it a little too far sometimes. Um, and it's just that my, my reasoning was misguided. Um, and I think being plant-based can be really great. There's definitely um, good reasons to do that but it was for me in an effort to kind of change my body and, and from a fear of foods. Um, so I did that. And then uh, just along the way um, I can be a bit spontaneous sometimes, which is a blessing and a curse. I think mm -hmm. um, it's actually what led me to move to BC from Ontario last year mm -hmm. uh, as a bit of a spontaneous decision, but um, I was looking at this like wellness magazine and there was an ad for um, the nutrition program that I ended up doing. And, um, it was part-time online. Um, and so I looked into it and decided that I could handle the time commitment and the cost. So I just kind of went for it. My Good gut was you. just telling me, thank you. <laughs> My gut was just telling me that it was something I should do. And, and again, like being a bit misguided, I was thinking, oh, this will finally help me figure out the perfect diet kind of thing. Um, but Along the way, I learned that that doesn't exist. There is no perfect diet. Um, it's really all about balance and developing those healthy habits that work for each individual. And now my approach as a nutritionist is a lot more sustainable and you know something that you can keep doing long-term and doesn't take all the fun out of food um, while also nurturing your body and appreciating your body the way that it is. So. Wow. 
That was long-winded, but... (laughs) No, it was beautiful. I was really just paying attention to everything you were saying. It, um, obviously, we went to high school together. And we were mutual friends. We had mutual friends. We weren't necessarily close, but... When I first launched this podcast of October last year, for whatever reason, I was drawn to you. There's a few people that I was just drawn to, and I couldn't Mm. put an understanding around it, but there is a reason for this. And based on your story and what you just shared with us, I can see, well, A, your graphic design work comes in so beautifully with your social media management, and you have a beautiful website. So that's awesome. That's obviously serving you and was just one, you know, foot in the right direction to your greater purpose, I feel like, Um, because it's important. We all have beautiful messages, but getting it out there into the world in a way that's effective is part of being an entrepreneur and that you do that so well. So, but also too, I can see in your post, as you know, I follow you on the regular. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. You have great content, but it's so personal and it's personal to you. And I absolutely love that because it's so authentic. And that's what draws me in is because you're so real. And also it speaks to your own personal journey. You can see the growth even over the last year and a half, I would say from what you're posting to what you're posting now has changed um, because you're more vulnerable and your attitude towards things has changed too. Like you said, in high school, you got really fixated on things um, to the point where it was almost, I don't want to say to your, um, what's the word, opposite of benefit? Your detriment. To your detriment. Yes. But at the same time, it pushed you to a certain path that ultimately has been rewarding you now moving forward. And you talked about body image and your capacity to hold space for people that are in that struggle, you know, is just a beautiful gift. So thank you for being so open and honest. I think your journey is incredible and I'm excited to see where you go with all this. However, I do have a lineup of questions for you. Um, So that was a beautiful intro. I really want to understand, and this actually kind of ties into what your intro was, but what inspires and motivates you to continue? continue to do the work that you do today? Yeah, um, I would say definitely a lot of things inspire me to do it. But I would say one of the biggest things is in my journey of having a better understanding of health and nutrition, I found it and still do find it very overwhelming. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of conflicting opinions. You don't know what sources to trust. Um, and I think it just leaves people feeling very frustrated and lost in, in terms of knowing what to eat, what not to eat, if they're doing things right. Um, so a big motivator for me is to help remove that confusion for people mm-hmm. um, and to really help tailor their efforts to to their lives because all of the information on the internet or wherever you find it, um, it isn't going to work for everyone. Um, so, and nutrition really isn't as complicated as it's made out to be. Um, I think there's a lot of things added in that just add more stress when it's really like, you know, you have to eat your fruits and vegetables. You have to manage your stress, get enough sleep, drink enough water, exercise, Um, and within the diet component, it's like figuring out which foods do and don't work for you, um, and things like that. But, um, if you have that foundation, you should be pretty good. Um, and the rest of the stuff that people tell you to do, like maybe it just isn't something that you need. So I think it's like really helping people not stress about nutrition. Yes. So that brings up two points for me, Erin. Um, a back to basics is like what I'm getting out of that. And I think that's so true. 
not just in diet and nutrition, but like across the board in the world right now, I think we all need to just get back to some basics. We're so convoluted and I think I couldn't call it like mind pollution and we're distracted by so many things. Um, to ultimately it's good marketing to buy into things and people make money, which is no fault of everybody wants to make money. We all need money, but um, we really get carried away and it's become just how we uh, move forward as a society and basics are really good, but it also ties into um, intuition was the next point I got out of that. So learning like do you incorporate that into your conversations with your clients? Because I think for me, that's a huge part of how I decide what I do and don't eat. I really listen to my body. Is that something you explore? Yeah. Um, that's really great that, that you practice that. I think that's something that we've, uh, as a society become really disconnected from because we're always looking for external, um, cues for what we should eat and when, um, and like you said, marketing is a big part of that. You know, there's all kinds of diets and products that are being marketed to us every day. Um, so it makes it very confusing and we start to doubt, um, you know, our, what our own bodies are telling us they need. So I do definitely incorporate that, um, into the guidance that I provide for people. Um, there's the intuitive eating movement, which, um, started in, I would say the mid nineties, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a certified intuitive eating counselor. However, I really appreciate, um, the movement and incorporate, um, a lot of those principles into what I do for myself and for others as well, because, um, we're all born intuitive eaters, essentially, you know, as infants, we, we know when we're hungry, we know when we're not, and we cry out to, um, communicate that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, over the years, it just, that communication gets jumbled and, uh, we kind of stop listening. So, um, yeah, I think that's super important to try to get back into. Absolutely. And would you have any recommendations for someone on how to start to get more in touch with their themselves and their diet and what they're consuming? Yeah. Um, I would say it's, It can be a bit of a tough journey. Um, Having someone guide you through it is definitely helpful, but um, something that can be beneficial for everyone is to um, do like a food journal where you log how certain foods make you feel, um, you know, before how you feel before, how you feel right after, how you feel a couple of hours after, just to get some insight. Because one thing that happens is that people assume that quote unquote, unhealthy foods make them feel bad when certain quote unquote, healthy foods make them feel good. But if they actually listen to what their body is saying, they might find that they can have some of those bad foods, so-called bad foods and vice versa. So, um, you can get some really good insight from that to kind of figure out what works for you. Um, and then I would say just checking in with yourself when you are, you know, when you're feeling hungry or if you're being called to eat, like what is driving that need to eat? Is it true hunger? Is it not? Is it stress? Is it anxiety? (laughs) Yeah. We're all so stressed. And I think that food is it's, I mean, it's a source of pleasure for sure. So 
Um, and it's pretty much accessible to most people all the time. So we can kind of fall to that, but, um, you know, maybe we need fresh air or maybe we need to get something off our chest or, um, I think food should really be, you know, it is for fuel. It is also for, um, connecting with people and socializing and as a source of pleasure. Um, so that's or, really important. I, I was going to say, Aaron, what about a means of avoidance? <laughs> yes. hundred percent. Yeah. It's definitely a means of avoidance. Um, and just checking in with ourselves, what are we avoiding? Um, what else could I do rather than eat right now that would satisfy what I'm feeling? Um, sometimes we just need to feel emotions. I think yes. it's, we don't like to feel emotions, so it can be a source of kind of numbing those, yes. um, I think as a society, we've learned to like kind of repress <laughs> a lot of emotions. Um, so yeah, just finding, just checking in with yourself and finding other ways of, um, kind of nourishing your, yourself. And, uh, yeah, I really love that. That's those, I mean, you're giving phenomenal answers. I think tracking is a really big part of awareness, whether mm -hmm. it's around diet, your cycle, whatever it is that you're curious about. I, I love the idea of journaling. That's phenomenal. And yeah, I love that you asked, like, go a little bit deeper. Like, why are we eating just that question alone? Am I really hungry? Am I avoiding emotions? Like just starting to become or build an awareness around our bodies and how we function and move throughout the day. And that just, to me, opens up the door to deeper healing or an opportunity to maybe strike up a conversation with someone that could potentially help and guide you. So you don't go to the chocolate and the popcorn, you know, like yeah. it's just, it's all encompassing. It just, it's so layered, but just simple questions can really be the gateway to something deeper to help us for the highest and best. So that's what I got out of your answer. Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then on your website too, you mentioned you offer you uh, a free plant-based meal plan. So I was just curious, um, was there a specific reason for plant-based or that's what's worked for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say there's a few reasons. Um, so I don't eat a strictly plant-based diet now. I do eat some animal products. Um, I do try to eat them more in moderation. Um, and one of the biggest reasons is I actually have a lot of plant-based peers and, um, I feel like offering people a free plant-based meal plan. It's just, it makes it accessible for a wider audience. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's benefits for everybody to eat more plant-based. So I think it, it really can be beneficial for anyone. And people can also add in other sources of protein if yeah. they don't like the plant-based ones. So just to kind of accommodate a, a wider audience, essentially. I love that. That makes total yeah. sense. Um, and then, so we kind of covered the relationship to the foods we eat. So I actually, you mentioned earlier, um, the whole, what I'm curious actually is cravings and why we get cravings, especially being a female. So I want to kind of direct this more towards a female being on our cycles or going through menopause. Um, can you speak to the foods that we eat and how they support us and possibly could support us in curving um, certain cravings certain, certain times of the month? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. I would say um, in a general sense, cravings can be, um, cravings can come from a history of telling yourself you can't have certain foods. Yes. It kind of becomes like the shiny red button that you just, it's like, don't push this button, but you want to push the button. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like reverse psychology. Mm -hmm. um, so 
going back to the intuitive eating approach, um, when you start to look at foods as neutral and like all foods are acceptable, um, you might find that if you had really strong cravings for certain foods, maybe that's not happening so much because you know that they're available to you at any time and they're not off limits. Um, however, sometimes cravings are driven by things that are happening in our body, like changes in hormones, um, especially for women in their menstrual cycle. Um, for example, chocolate is a huge craving. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, uh, before and sometimes during the menstrual cycle. And, um, it can be an emotional thing. Like your body is obviously experiencing some discomfort. Um, and it's, you know, it's, doing a lot of work. So it can be a craving for that source of pleasure and comfort, but it can also be the body craving magnesium, yes. um, which can help relieve cramping and, and kind of make the body feel better during that time. So that's an example. Um, and then we might also crave, um, higher fat foods during that time as well. Um, because the hormones are at a pretty low level at that point. So, um, fat is needed to, to, um, build hormones in the body essentially. So, so we'll probably be craving that, but it's a matter of what sources of fats do we choose? So maybe we go for the healthier fats, like some avocado or salmon or, or something like that instead of the bag of chips or, (laughs) I mean, a little bit of that is okay, but (laughs) of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes good sense. And what did you say there that brought something up? Um, yeah, I, I just, again, I really love your attitude and your approach and not deeming it as evil or bad. Like you said, the red button, I think often we do that. I, um, I know a lot of women that have, I would say some self-confidence issues, some body image issues. Um, So I guess just randomly kind of off topic here, but what would you say to someone who is struggling right now being someone, you know, looking back at your old self um, Mm -hmm. in high school that was struggling? Just do you have any things that you would say to this person? Oh, um, I know that's a, it's just a curveball. I'm just going to throw that in there, but it came to me. Yeah. It's a good question. Um, I mean, first of all, I would say you're not alone because I think just about everyone, men included, um, struggle with body image issues. Um, we live in a very comparison based world, especially with social media, but people also don't often talk about how they feel about their body. So we think everyone else is doing okay. And we're the ones that are, you know, struggling alone. Um, so I would say you're not alone and, um, and everyone's body is not meant to look the same. Um, and there's so many factors that go into that. Obviously genetics is a big part of it. Um, our lifestyle is a part of it, but of course, Um, if there's underlying things happening, like a hormone imbalance, for example, someone can be, you know, doing all the checking all the right boxes for their health and, and still have a larger body. And that is the genetics. It's, it's whatever else is happening, um, in the body. So, um, to not be hard on yourself, I think is, is really important. Um, and just to, you know, check that there isn't anything underlying that needs to be addressed, um, and it's going to be okay. I think, I think that over time it can be difficult, but 
Um, you can get to a place of loving and appreciating your body. And there's also a lot of, um, for example, Instagram accounts popping up um, where women are sharing how vulnerable, you know, that experience is and um, promoting uh, greater body diversity. That's been really helpful for me. Yes. Just there's actually been some accounts where I've actually looked at, you know, they'll share pictures of their body in like a bathing suit or something. And I have a moment of, wow, I actually didn't know a body could look like that because I've just never seen it. Like the way like certain curves land or like, you know, the way that things sit on their body. It's just, we don't see that in like movies and and TV and, and whatnot, or most of our Instagram feeds. So um, I think sometimes seeking out those specific platforms can be Mm -hmm. really helpful um, as a reminder that bodies really do vary so much in how they look and that um, any body can be healthy. Yes. Even, you know, it doesn't matter if you're thin or in a larger body, everybody can be metabolically healthy. And um, yeah. I think that's huge. (laughs) While you were talking, that's a beautiful answer, Erin. I kept thinking about girls I used to dance and figure skate with. There were some curvier girls and by our social conditioning standard, we'd walk right by them and not think that that person's fit at all. And then you see the way they move their body and their strength and their power and they eat well. This is just how, this is the meat body that they came in, you Mm -hmm. know, but we're so programmed to believe that fit people look a certain way. Um, And it's just not the truth. And so, again, coming back to the simple and the basics and just overall, we need to be reprogrammed as kids, not reprogrammed, but I think the fundamentals were were lacking, sorry, a lot of um, just like mindset and bringing awareness to that. And parents don't know what they don't know. It's not always part of the conversations growing up. I know for me, there was looking back now, a lot of miscommunication or just not communication at all around certain things in my family. We didn't talk about periods, you know, and I have girlfriends are like, what? My mom told me everything. And I just kind of learned as it happened, but same thing goes with like body image and, and other things. So very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I I with you on like we need to learn at a really young age now um you know how to learn to love our bodies developing a healthy relationship with food that's something that I'm also really passionate about and and kind of interested in getting more into I do enjoy working with kids so that's something that's a passion of mine as well I love um, that and definitely like parents are always just doing their best, like with the information they have and, and things have changed and will continue to change so much. Mm-hmm. But I feel really grateful that I have the knowledge that I have now. So whenever I get to that point, I can, you know, help my kids build a, a healthier relationship um, with their, with their body and food. So absolutely. That's a, again, another great point. I always talk about like being, um, in order to be selfless, you need to be selfish. And that's an act of kindness and self and love towards yourself, you know, and as we do that, and you're on your journey, like you just said, when you have kids, you're going to make more informed decisions as you continue to invest in yourself. You know, it seems like kind of counterintuitive, but that's what mindfulness is. It's like, I saw this photo of a girl, she's, um, 
there's two photos. There's one of a girl meditating and she looks very Zen, very calm. And then below it, she's like crying. And it's like what personal growth looks like versus what we think it looks like, you know, so true. two very different things. Right. Um, So no, that's amazing. Um, Okay. I wanted to bring up because I asked around before I interviewed you, like what would be some questions you have if you went to speak um, with someone like Aaron. And one of my girlfriends asked, like, I'd really be curious to explore a balanced diet on a budget. Obviously right now, the cost of food is rising very significantly. The cost of living is rising very significantly and it hasn't slowed down and I don't foresee it slowing down. So what would you say to somebody like, how do we get the good foods and nutrients in when we're working with a budget? Yeah, that's a great question. And one that does come up for me a lot. Um, one, particular question that comes up a lot is, do I need to buy organic? Um, And so ewg.org has a really great um, page about, it's called the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. Yes. I've seen your posts on that. I love these. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Dirty Dozen is 12 um, produce items that ideally, if you can, to buy organic because they're the most contaminated with things like pesticides and other chemicals. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the Clean 15 are produce items that you don't have to worry about so much because they just they don't get as contaminated. So they're fairly safe to eat. Um, I mean, even the conventionally grown produce is safe to eat. Um, if we just want to minimize the amount of, of that stuff that we're consuming, go for the, the dirty dozen, buy those organic. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you buy all conventionally grown, you're still going to be reaping benefits from the, the produce. So um, it's more of an, if you, if you have the extra, you know, change for that, mm-hmm. um, but don't stress about buying everything organic basically. Yes. Um, and what is the value difference there in terms of what you're getting nu- nutrient wise, um, organic versus, because I've heard some people say, oh no, organic, there's way more nutrients in this. And then I've heard other people say, well, actually you're still, like you just said, I'm, you're still getting a lot of nutrients. So is it really that significant? I would say it's not significant enough to stress about it mm-hmm. um, and to blow your budget if you if you don't have that money to spend on, you know, it can add up buying all organic. So I think, if, you know, sticking to those two lists, if you can, I think that will help. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is that you're eating fruits and vegetables. So, right. yeah, I would say to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then my, another tip is to stock up on, um, like larger quantities of things like dried beans and other whole grains, um, and then frozen fruits and vegetables as well. I love to have those in my freezer. They're actually frozen at their peak ripeness. So, um, it can be just as good as, as buying the fresh stuff. Um, yeah. So that's usually, really- yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking I buy um, like frozen bananas and things for my smoothies. I feel like the quantity is probably more than if you bought um, just fresh off the rack or whatever. Yeah. What would be like, can you give me maybe two or three um, nutritious foods, fruit or veg that you get the biggest bang for your buck in terms of nutrients? Like my go-tos are bananas. I don't know if you would consider that because they're pretty cheap and I love them and they're tasty. So yeah, bananas are definitely great. They have lots of potassium, so that's really good. And they are fairly cheap. Um, bananas, you don't have to stress about buying organic, just the, just the conventional ones are good. Mm-hmm. Um, cause of course you take the peel off. So unless you're eating the peel, you're good. <laughs> yes. I, I know this sounds crazier, but literally 
I didn't know the difference between organic and non-organic bananas until this past winter. And she's like, yeah, it doesn't make a difference. Same thing as you said, unless you're eating the skin, you're eating the same banana. You're just paying a lot more organic. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) Well, of course, because like they're both available, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, And then, so I would say, I'm trying to think about like prices, definitely not avocados right now. I've noticed the price of avocados has gone way up. It's yes. pretty crazy. Um, Apples and- too. And I love mango, but mango is expensive. Mango is, is quite expensive. Yeah. I would say like in our household, mango is a bit of a treat. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can buy it frozen, which maybe helps a little bit, but um, I would say um, things like broccoli are, can be pretty cheap. Broccoli and cauliflower. Those are really great. Um, and then fruit wise. Yeah, definitely. Bananas are a good one. Um, I would just say it kind of depends what's in season. Yes. Well, that, that was another question yeah. I had Does eating in season truly make a difference, especially looking at it from a budget point of view. I would say yes, but you're the expert. So (laughs) yeah, it definitely can make a difference. Um, It's a great way to support local farmers. um, And that can lead to lower prices because it's the food isn't coming from as far away. So there's less transport and everything involved in that process. Yes. Um, And then you're also getting more nutrients from the food because it the food does lose nutrients in that transport process. Mm -hmm. So the closer to home you can get it, the better. Absolutely. And who doesn't like Ontario strawberries? I don't know what they're like in BC, but I love fresh Ontario strawberries. Oh, I actually kind of miss Ontario strawberries. I think there's just (laughs) something about them. Yeah. And they're more readily available there for some reason. Yeah. 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 No, it's a real thing. Um, Okay. So I wanted to move on. Also, this pop back into my head when we were talking earlier about um, cycles and foods that support us, you made a comment about possibly craving chocolate, but we're really craving magnesium. I just wanted to bring that up again, because I think that's a really good point. Um, Understanding the underlying benefits in what we're eating. So if we realize chocolate's actually really linked to magnesium, we can start supplementing our diets with maybe magnesium, which will reduce the craving for the chocolate. And we can do that with whatever we're craving potentially. Does that make sense, Erin? Yeah, it it does make sense. Um, I would say if we can get those things from food, that's ideal just so that we're not, um, we can get carried away with supplements, myself included, and it can be very overwhelming, like trying to keep track of everything. And expensive. Um, Very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, having like a good high quality dark chocolate, you know, 60% or more, I know not everyone, awesome. Yeah. I know not everyone (laughs) likes it, but um, I think that can be just as good. Um, yeah. and yeah, sometimes supplements are needed. I would say, um, working with a, a health professional to figure out if they are needed is a good place to start before spending your money yep. on things like that. But for sure, sometimes, um, it does help. Absolutely. And that brings up uh, another good point I wanted to bring up. So I wanted to talk about, like, for me, I was, um, it was brought to my attention that I had a, um, gluten intolerance. Um, and I didn't realize that. So now sometimes I will still eat gluten in very, very small amounts because I find not eating gluten for long periods of time. When I reintroduce it, it really upsets my stomach, but I will have like, it's a plant-based digestive and enzyme to help my body break it down so I can digest it more easily. Um, but yeah, in terms of just like, I guess, um, 
With the gluten allergy, if you don't have a gluten allergy, are you depriving your body by eliminating it out of your diet? Because things like gluten-free, dairy-free, it's become a trend, but I don't necessarily know if that's good for you if your body actually wants it. Yeah, that's a very good question. I'm really glad you asked that. And I think um, obviously there is like genuine gluten um, sensitivity or intolerance or celiac disease. Which yes, is- which is very serious. Yeah. Yeah. So for, you know, those people like yourself with your intolerance, um, you know, if you can feel physically that you feel better, I think that's great and definitely do that, but you're right. It is a a huge trend. Um, and I think a a lot of people have jumped on that bandwagon without necessarily needing to. Right. Um, and, uh, And a lot of the gluten-free alternatives can have a lot of other things added in to make them taste as good as like the regular gluten-containing bread or whatever. So usually it's sugar. That's the main supplement. Sugar or like, or like a lot of other flours or preservatives or, you know, a bunch of different things, salt sometimes as well, just to make it taste as, as satisfying. So yeah. Um, if you don't have a gluten intolerance um, and you can work with someone to figure out if you do, or um, like I said, tracking, you can probably figure out on your own if, if it is a a sensitivity for you. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's not a problem, it probably doesn't make sense to, to cut it out because the um, alternatives can also be more expensive as well. Like the gluten-free breads and stuff like that. So absolutely. It's not cheap. Yeah, it's definitely not the cheaper option based on yeah. my personal experience. But yeah. I think that's really great to bring that to people's awareness because I feel like if someone's like, oh, I'm going to late, um, sorry, eliminate gluten out of my diet with the intention of losing weight, but ultimately you're depriving your body of what it actually intuitively wants, mm-hmm. will have a lot more long term side effects, consequences, negative implications, and so on. It's not sustainable if your body actually wants it or desires it or needs it, right? That's yeah. kind of where I-, I wanted to pick your brain on that. Um, and I guess, would you say the same is true for not just eliminating gluten, but like dairy um, or even um, meat? You know, I I understand people eliminate meat out of their diets for their own personal reasons, which is amazing. But at the same time, um, can it be detrimental? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say with meat, um, if you are, if you're not eating any animal products, um, being mindful of where you're getting your other sources of protein and uh, and other um, nutrients, um, B12 can be an issue for for vegans and vegetarians. Um, So you may need a supplement. Um, However, some people don't um, absorb it properly through the gut. So for me, I was getting B12 um, injections which really helped me a lot. It helped my energy levels mm-hmm. when I was, wasn't eating meat. Um, so just how being often Erin, were you getting those? I'm just curious. Um, I, so I was getting them more frequently initially just to kind of rebuild it in my body. And then, um, I was able to space it out to every three months and, um, I haven't actually had one in a while. I feel like I'm kind of maintaining it now. I am eating meat again mm-hmm. and I am kind of listening to my body uh, where my cycle is. So, um, I don't eat a lot of red meat at all. However, I do have some when I'm on my period, for example. Yes. Yep. 
Yeah. So, but for someone who's vegan, just being mindful of, of what they're consuming during those times or in general. So lots of beans and lentils and, and leafy greens and, and other things with iron um, and protein and, and B vitamins is really important. Yes. Um, yeah. Just on this note, I actually had a roommate in university. Um, she knew someone that went vegan was not properly supplementing her diet. Um, and she actually went like pre-menopausal. Really? Like she, wow. she was going into pushing her body into menopause because of the stress of everything. And just basically lack of, she was malnourished, I guess would be the word, which that's the most severe thing I've ever heard. Um, but it just goes to show you like diet is a serious business, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I was curious about that. Um, yeah. But you also touched there on the gut. So let's talk about gut health and the whole people doing cleanses, laxatives, all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your take on, let's go with um, doing a, a cleanse of some kind for your gut. Um, so I really excited that you asked this question because I am not an advocate for detoxes and cleanses. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that they can be very dangerous I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of different products and diets being marketed out there for that kind of thing. Um, And a lot of people look to them, um, you know, in a state of desperation, they want to lose weight or, or they're having some sort of issue. So they look to these um, cleanses, but they can be really dangerous because it's, it's just not necessarily natural for the body the body has built in methods of detoxification and our organs are designed to help us do that. Sometimes they do get a little bogged down and need some help, but I think working with a professional, you can kind of figure that out. Like for myself, um, recently I learned that I have moderate fatty liver. Um, so it's just, fat buildup in the liver, it's becoming increasingly common. We have very sedentary lives. Um, and there's a lot of, um, you know, added ingredients in our foods that can contribute to that. Um, so my naturopath, the, who I work with has me on, um, a homeopathic remedy to help support my liver, but it's very gentle. Um, and, uh, so that's, an example of a time when your body might need a little bit of help with detoxification, but like a, you know, a five day juice cleanse isn't, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, it's just, it's dangerous. It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. And any weight that you lose is probably from going to the bathroom a lot. Yes. <laughs> so Which is, um, it comes back as fast as it went out basically. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people end up gaining the weight back once they start eating normally again, and then some, because yeah. The body doesn't like being in that state of scarcity. So once you're eating normally, it will start to kind of hold on to those calories. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense because it it doesn't know when you might or might not do it to it again. So it's kind of in that flight or fight. Like, I don't know. So I'm going to hold on for dear life because I don't want to go through this again. Um, No, what did you say there? You're bringing up so many great thoughts. Um, yes, the body is such an incredible vessel. And as I continue to have these types of conversations with yourself, I had Dr. Kayla Clark on who is a naturopathic doctor, and she speaks to that very clearly, like the body is capable of um, clearing and cleansing and resetting itself. When we start putting stuff into it or taking things out of it, we're disrupting that natural, um, it's, it's natural ability to do what it needs to do. Um, and funny enough, kind of random 
them too, but I was talking to my mom about douching because this is something that she used to do. And I never did it because I intuitively knew like for whatever reason, that just didn't seem right or healthy. You know, there's, there's bacteria in there to keep me safe and protected. Like why would I screw with that? Um, And again, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that people think or they identify as a way of being clean as a woman after their period or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it it goes right into nutrition as well. So yeah, a little off topic, but (laughs) yeah, I think we don't give the body enough credit of what it's capable of. Yeah. And I think that we uh, like to complicate things as humans and think that we need to do more or or add things. But um, I think if we support our bodies in the way that we're naturally designed to through good food and exercise and rest, we're giving it the tools that it needs to do what it needs to do without an expensive juice cleanse or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that goes right back to the beginning of the conversation though, with the marketing being the way it is. Um, and just like the social conditioning, getting back to basics again, we don't need all the shiny things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So I wanted to ask you too. So we talked about detoxes. Why would anyone want to work with a holistic nutritionist? Obviously this conversation speaks for itself, but is there any other thing that you would want to add if someone was inquiring for your services? Like what's the benefit here? What, why do this? Um, If you're feeling lost, like I was talking about before, you know, it's very overwhelming to know if you're doing things right. Um, If you're feeling really lost and confused, it can be really helpful to um, just have someone else, just have a professional opinion on it um, to know if you're going in the right direction and maybe adjust things a little bit. Um, I actually worked with a client who um, she felt like she wasn't, you know, meal planning properly or feeding her family the right foods. And, and I was so impressed with what she was doing. She had um, a whiteboard above her freezer. She kept track of everything, like their whole inventory. She meal planned every week from a spreadsheet with, you know, recipes and, and she was changing out the vegetables and the proteins they were having. I was like, you're doing an amazing job. Like, I don't even think you need me, but it was really, it was, it really helped her. It gave her confidence that she was doing a good job and that, um, you know, she didn't need to add anything else, you know, just keep doing what she's doing. Sometimes there's a case like that. Um, sometimes people do need a little bit of help because, um, you know, maybe they have a really busy lifestyle. They don't really have the time or energy to put into, um, you know, preparing meals and, um, you know, taking care of themselves. So it can be helpful to have some structure in place and have a source of accountability for that. Um, but really it can be beneficial for just about anyone. Uh, we all eat every day, usually three times a day. So I think it's, yeah, it's just something that we all need a little bit of help with sometimes. Absolutely. You touched on accountability there. And I would say working with a coach of any time, any kind, whether it be at the gym, whether it be in diet, whether it be a life coach, I think there's a huge aspect to being held accountable to keep us yeah. on the straight and narrow because we're distracted throughout our days. We get busy, you know, people have families, they have kids um, and just having someone to touch base in and to have like a cheerleader in some capacity um, to help them along. Like we all need that. So yeah. And yeah. I can, if I can add one more thing to that, like you're Definitely. saying you're, you're really, we're all really busy. It can be helpful to have someone who can help you put the puzzle pieces together. Yes. Like, Oh, I'm feeling this way. 
Um, and this is what my lifestyle is. This is what I'm eating to have someone with, um, you know, the knowledge to be like, oh, I think this is not working for you, or maybe, maybe adding this would help. Um, so sometimes we just have blind spots and it yes. can be yeah, it can be helpful to have just someone else's, you know, professional opinion on, on that. So. I completely agree. You hit the the nail on the hammer, the hammer on the nail, whichever way you say it, <laughs> the blind spots. We all yeah. have blind spots. And when our attention can only go in so many places. So having, you know, a third party who has your best interest at heart. Um, yeah. yeah, I that can see those. And like you said, help put the pieces together. That's yeah. huge. That's such a big win when you have that in your life. So that's awesome. And okay. So current offerings, would you like to share with us, Aaron, just currently what you're offering and how people can reach out or connect to, to you? So. Yeah, of course. Um, so right now I offer one-on-one um, nutrition counseling um, or like health coaching. Um, and I also have fairly regular events, which I share on my website and my social media. Um, I'm also available for um, corporate wellness talks um, and what else do I do? A custom meal planning as well yes. um, for individuals, families, that kind of thing. Um, and um, yeah, you can find me on my website, uh, wellandfree.ca and then on social media as well, uh, Well and Free Nutrition. Awesome sauce. Was there anything else? Like, did I, is there anything else you want to add to this conversation that we either didn't talk about or. Yeah. One thing that I want to touch on is, um, cost of working with me. So, um, I do have, I'm part of a nutrition association, which allows me to potentially be covered under my client's benefit plans. Um, it does depend on what the individual has signed up for and then what their employer has, has signed up for as well. Um, if your employer doesn't have that coverage, I encourage you to urge them to do that, you know, express that you, that's something that you're interested in. Um, so there's that. And then I also have a sliding scale, um, for my services. So clients can pay, um, within a a range, um, no questions, no judgment. Um, and then I also have packages available. So that also helps to save a little bit of money as well. That's beautiful. I love that you're making yourself as accessible as you can. Um, that's phenomenal. And also I'm glad you brought that up because I made a note of it, but, um, I had no idea that certain plans actually would cover the cost to doing something like this. No idea. And you put green shield, which I'm with green shield. So I'm going to inquire about that. I had no clue. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, it seems like every year, um, my association is adding new insurance providers, which Mm -hmm. is really great to see. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited about that. I think it's just, you know, people are pushing for that kind of thing to be included in their benefits because it's so important. So I'm really happy to see that. Yeah. And going back again to like the holistic approach to health, when you really, when people have options to nourish them, their bodies or educate themselves and work with people like yourself, Erin, again, like when you're physically feeling well, your clarity and mental capacity opens up, you emotionally feel more balanced, you know, all of it makes you more productive, um, just a better human in general, because you're feeling good. And that radiates through your job, the relationships you have, how you show up in them, all of it, right? So I think it really is, it doesn't get enough credit for the value it brings, I think, 
Um, there's definitely shift and changes happening, um, which is terrific. Um, but I, I'm glad to hear that more providers are getting on board with this and it's more accessible to people and hopefully it continues to, to move in that direction. Yeah, for sure. And I do have a list um, on my website of the providers right now that are available, um, which I do update every time um, a new one is added. So be sure to check that out. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Was there anything else? Um, I think that's it. I'm just so happy to have talked to you and, and this has been great. That's amazing, Erin. I have one final question for you, though. Sure. I would love to know, um, what does success mean to you? Um, so this is a very good question. I would say for me, um, success isn't so much like an end destination as it is those little tiny wins, um, and overcome obstacles on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, and right now as a nutritionist success is, you know, being able to help a client and having that positive feedback that I have made a difference for them. Yes. So yeah, I really love hearing that. That's very rewarding. I think yeah. in, in, in different, but very similar ways, you're a light worker. I'm a light worker. We have found niches to do that, you know, to help support and uplift. I think you're a beautiful person, Erin. Thank you so much for what you do. Truly. I mean, I almost want to cry a little bit. I get so sensitive about this, but you're, you are, and I think you're bringing a lot of light to, to things and helping people in a very beautiful way. So thank you for doing that. Um, yeah. And I look forward to, to watching you grow and, and sharing your journey and being on the journey with you really in my own way. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Alana. And I, likewise, I think what you're doing is amazing and you're, you're giving people a platform to share what they do and what they're passionate about so that they can help more people. Yeah. And that's just so great. And I'm so grateful to be here and talking to you. So thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you. Enjoy beautiful BC. And I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. okay. Thanks so much. Have a good evening, Aaron. Bye for now. Bye. Erin, you truly are a beautiful soul, and I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to not only share your wisdom with us today, but also for being so open and honest and authentic in your responses. It is both empowering and uplifting, and I cannot wait to share your story with others to hear. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating and review. Then head on over to Instagram, follow at courageously underscore authentic to like, share, and explore more uplifting content. Don't be shy. Send me a direct message. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, with so much love, Alana. Alana.